Thanks so much for joining us for the New Life for Abena podcast. New Life Church is one family, many churches, and we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planting and leading thriving local churches. We pray that this message is a blessing. Hey, good morning, New Life family and New Life community online. It's so good to be in the house of God, is it not? Hey, that's not much of a response. I got told this, this congregation, that you guys really knew how to give feedback, all right? So can we try that again? Good morning, New Life family. Hey, excellent. And, and online, I can hear you coming through those, uh, the lens of the camera back to me. Hey, this morning, I've got a really powerful word that's just sitting heavy on my heart. And whilst I've had a chance in the 8am to really share that, I, I believe that God's got a... A word for us this morning here at 10am as well. And I want to take you into um, the Gospel of Mark and I'm going to read some words to you from uh, Scripture there and you'll find it in Mark 6, uh, verse 30 through to 34. And just a bit of a heads up, spoiler alert, I'm going to miss out a really familiar passage that follows in this, which is the the feeding of the multitude, the 5,000 that we often read as part of this passage. We're going to jump over that, not because it's not important, but we're going to hone in on a, um, a few words that follow that, where it talks about Jesus looking to the crowd with compassion. And so let me just share with you these words from Scripture, invite you to follow through with me. Uh, and we're going to start with Mark chapter 6, reading from verse 30. So the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. And then because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. And he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And so they went away by themselves into a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognised them and ran afoot from all the towns and got there ahead of them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so Jesus looked to them and began teaching to them. And then we wind it forward and then we pick up in Mark chapter 6, verse 53, and we read these words together. But when they had crossed over, they landed in Gesaria and anchored there. And as soon as they got out of the boat, people recognised Jesus. They ran through that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard that he was. And wherever he went into villages or towns of the countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces and they begged him, they begged him to even let them touch the garment of his cloak. And all that were touched were healed. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would have a word for each one of us this morning. And I pray that as we be invited to sit in your presence, as we already have been leaning into worship together, I pray that in, in your presence we would find the hem of your garment and, we, and that you would bring healing to our life. Lord, I come with expectation. I know you're already ahead of us in this time and I pray, come Holy Spirit, come and lead this time that we would share together around your word. Lord, may it be your specific word for each one of us right here, right now. Lord, we bring ourselves before you as they did in the story that we shared and we lay 
all of our needs before you and we say, pray, come Holy Spirit, just come and lead with your presence right now in this time that we share together. And the people said, Amen. Amen. Well, folks, a few years ago, I was um, working uh, on the streets of Perth, literally. I was running a youth ministry over on Perth where we were working with young people who found themselves homeless on the streets for a variety of social reasons, but most most of them related to the trauma that they had experienced in their, their home life. And I remember this day particularly because we were, um, we were working with these young people in the streets. Most of them would identify as being Aboriginal, uh, a Noongar community that they would come from, and a lot of our work was focused in that way. Uh, and we would run programs that would take uh, young people and later on reconnect them with family, and we were taking them into wilderness experiences down in Margaret River sort of terrain uh, on the west coast uh, of Western Australia here. And uh, we would spend several weeks with young people and later on with reunification with family, just doing therapeutic work in that environment. But as part of the ministry that we're part of, we ran this hub in the central city of of, of Perth and it gave access for people to come and just connect in a really safe place to do that. And I remember this day particularly because there was an alleyway that led down to our hub that we had in the city. And coming down this graffitied alleyway was... um, a male, uh, probably, I learnt later on, it was the father of the boy that I'm about to talk to you about, but he was dragging this kid, literally by the hair, down this alleyway. And he came to me, and I just happened to be in the hub at that time, and he dumped this kid right in front of me, and he said, you can take this piece of, and I won't fill in, but you can start to fill in. And it was something like crap. And you can do what you ever like because I'm just about literally to take his head off. He said some worse things than that, but I've filtered it for you. And with that, he left. Was stranger. His boy. And it poses a question to me this morning that I want to lay before you. What is it that happens in life that you can get so desperate that you leave your own child with someone else, a stranger? And that might not be your story this morning, but I've got, a, I've got a thought that as you've come into worship this morning, maybe some of you carry story with you where you feel pretty desperate right now. This is not the way that it was meant to be. It doesn't fit according to the five-step plan that you wrote for your retirement maybe. It doesn't fit according to that marriage preparation or counselling that you might have had before your marriage, the fact that someone might leave you and now want to divorce you. It doesn't matter the fact that maybe your kids have left home well before you thought that they would, or maybe you've got a strange relationship with someone else. Maybe you find yourself in a position where you've been given a notice at work. And they're not even going to pay your redundancy package. And you're left scratching your head, going, where is God in all of this? Where is the one that that promises to be my my way maker, my promise keeper? Like, where does life get to be so desperate? Maybe some of you have faced illness in your life 
Or even there's been a life story that's got to a point where you've lost a loved one due to terminal illness. My wife, Kathy, who joins me this morning in worship two years ago, faced a diagnosis of stage two breast cancer. And I've got her permission to share this story. So those of you going, I'm not sure if we should be sharing that right now. It wasn't on our radar. Not a script that we would write over our life. And I want to talk about as a bloke for a minute. I can do that because I am a bloke. I'm one that likes to pull the levers and make things happen. And for one of the few times in my life, this is something, aha, I got no control over this. There's nothing that I can do right now. And I have to say to you, that really started to eat me up. It put a real deeper bitterness about my relationship with God. I'm a pastor, I've been a pastor for 30 odd years. And now in in this situation where, God, where are you in this? I remember many times weeping with Kathy just in our in you know in, in the sanctity of our own bedroom around the feeling like the feeling of helplessness around. But there's this deep sense that the only place we've got to fall on right now is sitting in the presence of God and knowing that there is one that comes before us, the waymaker. The one that's already made way before us. The one that chooses to continue to, to not step away, but actually step into the very place of our pain right now. The hurt, the bitterness, the things that are starting to evade and take over me. God hasn't moved away. He's in the very midst of that context. The story that we read about this morning is a story that invites us in what it means to be in relationship with Jesus. It invites us into a story where if we can even but get in the presence of Jesus even to touch the very hem of his garment, there's a promise here that we can be healed. But there's another we know, and we'll talk a bit more about this as I move on, but the other part of that, that text that we read talked about what did the crowd do? They continued to run around the lake trying to second guess where Jesus might be. And the scripture says they were running around with so much haste to try to work out where Jesus might be. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Maybe you've come in this morning and you just... Your mantra, there's a, there's a script just going on inside of you and you just go, it's just not fair. <laughs> Life sucks. I'm not sure if moderator's allowed to say that word, but I've said it a few times now. But you know what? That's what it felt like. Some of you, some of you are sitting in that right now. It's not fair. This is not how it's supposed to be. You know the bit that I left out in the reading, and I'm not going to go there and preach in there because you'll be here for another couple of hours, but I am just going to give you a little couple of headlines. 
As that crowd was sitting there under the foot of Jesus' teaching, and they continued to mass and mass and mass. They hadn't eaten, and Jesus said, it's good, it's, we're going to have to feed this mob. And he turned to the disciples and said, we're going to have to feed them. Maccas and, and Hungry Jacks, they're closed already at this stage, so you know, there was no opportunity for that. So what do they do? They gather up the only very thing, sent out a message across the crowd, maybe a little text here or there. Whatever it was that they used to communicate, they find this little boy with his lunchbox. And Jesus prayed over it and he fed the multitude. But I don't know if you've ever thought about that lunchbox because I have lots. I love fishing. I love surf fishing. And I have this little bait box that's on the side of my, my rig when I go surf fishing. And I put my little pilchard uh, fish bait in my little bait box. And let's just say it gets a little bit of an aroma around there after a while standing in the sun. You know what I'm talking about here? Now, guess what? I don't know if you ever thought about this before, but that lunchbox that that little boy did didn't have a cooler brick in it like we have now. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking those five little fish there were swimming around with a little bit of bread in there, and we've got a, a nice little bit of aroma happening here. And what does the, the kid offer up? All that he had, that smelly little lunchbox. And Jesus does amazing things with that, so much that he feeds the crowd and we don't hear about them all complaining about the smell. So he must have done something with that, but he feeds them and they are full so much that they take lunch boxes full and collect them over and over and over again. Well, here's a fundamental principle, church, that I wanna put out there this morning, that the God that we worship in His Son, Jesus Christ, who brings us the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, if you want to get in the boat with Him, He flips everything. He defies everything that we would put up against things being possible or things being impossible. He makes possible. This is our God who flips, who flips everything. And if that's not enough, there's another story that we missed out. And it's the one where Jesus sent him out in the boat and later on he comes and joins them. And we read that he comes by walking along the water to them. So much so, they thought it was a ghost. They didn't know who it was that they were meeting. I know if you've tried walking on the water before. Well, I used to, be, um, I used to get into competitive water skiing and uh, we used to do barefooting as part of that. And I used to be okay at it. But it required a V8 boat in front of me to actually get this body, and I know it's a pretty trim and unique body, but anyway, it would take the, 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 you know, the power and the grunt of that V8 to get this body out of the water and actually plane along the surface. But that's not what Jesus was doing. He defies all logic, defies all nature as we know it. He walks on the water and goes and meets him. This is the same God that we separate from our life because it's not going according to plan. And this morning, I believe God has a powerful word for us to invite us into His presence in a way where you can touch the hem of His garment, that your life might be flipped upside down and that you would have life, life in all its fullness in Him. Are you up for that, church? Because I believe God, our God is a healer. He makes way. He, he's the promise keeper that never, never loses the promise that He's made with us. And he invites us into that spirit today as we might be led in that way. Now, when everyone had had enough, we read in Scripture, and the disciples were invited to get out, 
You know, they had a tough day at the office. Time after time, all these things happen. People just keep coming and gathering. And Jesus says, just go and retreat for a while. Just go and get out in the boat. And I'll come and join you. But just get out of here and, and, and just go and rest for a while. I want you to think about that for a moment. Because I think this is a really powerful reminder for us. Where's that place where you intentionally go to retreat for a while? To spend time with God and, and, and to look after yourself in a way that takes responsibilities for all of those things that just keep consuming us in so many ways. One of those places for me is a place called Gari Island, or some of you know as Fraser Island. It's really great that in 80 title and so on, that we've actually recalled that name and that just in the last uh, week or so, we've actually he- uh, heard the headlines of that, but it's that, that name's been reinstated as part of its land title, which is just so powerful. It's a special place for me. And when I go there, except when all the masses are gathering there, a lot of people found out that actually Gary Island's a great place to be. But when I go there, it just feels like this, there's this real sense of connection with land, a real sense of connection with ocean. But there's a spirit about that place that gives me, it, it restores my soul and intentionally gives me a reconnection with my God. My boys, um, I've got four sons, and, and Gary Island was a place where Annually, we would always take our kids camping and have a holiday together. And so when I go there, there's this reconnection with about family as well and the power of family and the gift what family are. There's just something great about retreating there and spending that time. Last year, Cathy and I got to go down to, um, or out to Carnarvon Gorge, which is another one of those places. And when you get into the gorge of Carnarvon Gorge and you learn some of the ancient story around there, you find that this is a birthing place for the local people there. It's a place where it's women's business and there's this deep sense of spirituality around this place in the gorge. I'm wondering where your place is. And if you don't have a place this morning, I'm challenging you about finding a place where you can actually... Retreat and rest. Rest in God. Maybe the challenge is about getting a, a weekly rhythm. You can't always go out to Carnarvon Gorge every week. I used to work for Queensland National Parks and while I was actually paid to actually work in those places. Go figure that. All right? But we don't always get that treat. But the challenge is to find that place of what that looks like for us. In the word that we read this morning from this Mark reading, we read that, that as, as the disciples went and they, they retreated and they were sitting there in the water and Jesus joined them, what we heard was the masses were starting to try and second guess where Jesus might actually hit the shore next. And as I'm, I'm imagining the disciples are basically saying, will they not leave us alone? Like, I just imagine the conversation be happening in that boat, hey? Day after day after day, miracle after miracle, like, we haven't even been fed yet. 
We've gone without Tucker. We're in the boat. We finally get a retreat. And look at them. They're still massing around the place trying to second guess. Second guess where Jesus might actually get there. But here's the bit that we read. As the crowd's running around, the disciples are sitting there just saying, we're over this, do they not get this? Jesus, let's just hang here for a while. Let's not even begin to look at hitting that shore again. What does the scripture tell us? It says that Jesus looks to them with compassion. And I want to get you into that word compassion this morning a little bit. Now, some translations, if you look at it, will actually say Jesus looked to them with pity. But I want to suggest to you that's not a good translation at all because pity almost separates yourself. It almost suggests that you're a bit above what's happening out there and you look down and you have a bit of, you know, a bit of empathy for them, but you take pity on them, but it says that you've got it together and, you know, there's a sense of distance in that. But here's what the scripture does. If we look at the Greek text that's around that, all good preachers need to talk from the Greek. I'm not going to talk to you about the, the Greek word itself. What I want to do is talk to you about the meaning of that Greek word. And the meaning of that Greek word talks about a connection with our intestines, intestinal connection. I try to think about what do they mean in the modern day frame and what I'd like to suggest this morning, it is Jesus looked to them and he was gutted. He was absolutely gutted by what he saw. Now, we know that God's the way maker already ahead of us, but they hadn't thought about neuroscience in that day. But I know a little bit about neuroscience. I'm not a neuroscientist, but I have studied a bit of neuroscience in some of the family therapeutic work that I've done around trauma and so on. What I do know is that the limbic part of our brain is, is firmly connected and speaks to our guttural tissue in our wall. You know, so the wall of our stomach is connected to the limbic part of our brain. That's why we talk about having a gut feeling. There's actually a science behind that. It's the limbic of our brain talking to our guttural tissue. You think about what you're sitting on right now. You think about the, the story that I shared about that Cathy and I shared with the di her diagnosis right now. And the word that I want to bring to you this morning, whatever you're sitting on, Wherever you're finding yourself in a place, it is just not fair. The word that I want to bring to you this morning is that your God is gutted for you. This is not a God that sits up in a tower up there and looks down on us and takes pity. This is a God whose gut is churning for everything that you are experiencing right now. Right now for you, God is gutted for you. If we went to the Latin, and I'm not a Latin scholar, I didn't learn Latin when I was at school, but some of you would be um, of senior years to know and maybe studied Latin, and I'm sure you'll tell me my lack of interpretation of the word, but the word in Latin around compassion actually means suffer with. Your God is suffering with you in whatever you're sitting on right now. And we're reminded as we are around our whole Easter period, as we remember all that Jesus did for us on the cross. 
as he spread his arms and he died for each one of you. He took the very weight of what he has guarded for you about right now into that death on a cross. But we know the story that's beyond that, that God rose up above that, rose up above the the power of, of sin and death and gives to us this message of life, what it means to have life in him in all its fullness that only Jesus might bring. So I'm going to invite you this morning to recenter yourselves to a God that is gutted for you, a God that invites you to get in the boat with Jesus. I don't know if you thought about this word before, maybe it's the first time that you've even heard this scripture, but the invitation as Jesus came and joined the disciples is to get in the boat with him. With all the baggage and all the things that you might have on board, the invitation is to go to that place where you can get in a boat with Jesus. And here's the invitation about that. As you get in the boat with Jesus, guess what? You're in closer proximity with him. And as the crowd scampered around trying to get in proximity to Jesus, their desire was even if they could just touch the hem of his garment, they would be healed. And the same God in Jesus invites us to get in to that boat with him this morning. Remember that little guy that I talked to you about that the dad was dragging down the alleyway into our hub? Wind it forward seven years later. I'd since moved back to the the east. When you live in Perth and you're not from the west, they say, hey, you're from the east. Apparently I talk with an eastern accent. I didn't know that. You probably already knew that, but apparently I do anyway. So you're never welcome. I don't think you're ever welcome, actually. Please, if you're from WA, I'm not meaning to pay out on you this morning. That was simply my experience. I obviously need counselling and healing around that. So I'll be down the front getting healing for that. But anyway, at some point they evicted me out of the state back to Queensland, all right? It was about three years Kathy and I worked over in, in WA. But wind it forward, a few more years after we'd come back to the east, I was over in Perth again. Yes, they let me in back into the state, um, uh, even though... Queen, uh, us Queenslanders have a convict history, all right? So not mine, but you know that. So that's probably one of the reasons why they keep us out. But I was over... I'm getting off point, way off point. But here's my point. I was over there for this youth worker conference and we were, um, we were down in the district around Fremantle and just a great place to be. And in all my years of street ministry, being on the streets, I'd never have had what just happened to, I'm about to describe to you. I was walking down the streets of Frio, minding my own business, all of a sudden someone grabbed hold of me and threw me to the ground, crash-tackled me to the ground. I thought, I'm, I'm being mugged, you know? <laughs> That's what was going through my mind. At one stage, I'm sure I was fearing for my life, and finally I looked around and that little guy was now a big guy, and he was the one that had crash-tackled me to the ground. And next minute, he's dragging me. He's dragging me down the street to this cafe because I'd walk past these doors of this street cafe and there in this cafe was his dad <laughs> and his mum, who was at the time that I'd worked with him was totally estranged from dad, 
because of domestic violence situation. And his sister, who had major mental health issues when I'd worked with them, they were all in the cafe. And this little guy was now a big guy, wanted me to see what was going on because, friends, this is what happens when you get in the boat with Jesus. Lives get flipped upside down, people get transformed. God says to us in the message of Jesus this morning, I've come that you would have life, life in all its fullness and its completeness. But it requires us to get in proximity with him, in a boat with him. And that's my simple invitation this morning to you. And I invite the worship team if they might come and join me as we start to sit in this space because I believe that God is inviting us all into his presence that we would touch the hem of his garment in a way that would bring healing and wholeness to our life. Now, I don't know what you came in with this morning. But I know that God doesn't want you to leave with that. I know what he wants to do in your life is that he wants you to, to feel not only his presence, but that he might bring healing and wholeness out of whatever is holding you back from things at the moment. Friends, the, the invitation from Jesus this morning is to get in the boat with him. But it, 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 it requires us to surrender everything. Because it's only God. It's but God is the only one that can do this. The little guy that was being dragged around the, the alleyway. How does life get so caught up that we find ourselves in that place, you might be asking this morning. How does life get just so in a turmoil? You're running around just like the sheep without a shepherd. In the midst of your storm or whatever that is facing you, God wants you to step into the boat with him and trust that he is the wake maker. He's already ahead of you on this. He's got this. He's got a plan for you. In, 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 in the Old Testament, we read in the words of Jeremiah, he says, I've got a plan for you, not to harm you, but to prosper you. And as God would seek the welfare of the city in those words of Jeremiah 29, they're the words around that He's gutted for you. That's the welfare that He's seeking this morning. It's a God who has deep compassion for everything that you're facing right now and he invites you into His presence. So friends, can I invite you to stand or um, as you're able, if you're not able to do that, can I invite you maybe to, to take a different posture in wherever you might be sitting right now? And let's honour the presence of God for a moment. And I invite you to just reach out. It might not be your custom to raise hands. That's for those weirdos. That's just not me. But have a go. Getting the boat with Jesus defies everything that you rationalised before. It just invites you to sit at the feet of Him in His presence and say, God, I'm tired. I'm just sick of running around. You've got this. I give it to you. So in a posture of surrender right now, I can invite you to just offer up what it is that you've come and you're sitting on. It's just taking you away from so many things right now. 
your God is, is suffering. He's already suffered for you, but He's suffering with you right now. Well, I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would just come for a new anointing across lives here. Hey, if you need a special prayer this morning, maybe a prayer around whatever it is you're carrying, maybe could I just invite you to raise your hand? If, if you feel that God is, God's, God's really speaking to you now, you've never done this, you ever, wouldn't even believe that you would normally do that. Can you raise your hand up high? And I know across the church we have people that are already armed with the anointing of prayer. Can I invite some of you to come and gather around, people that might have their hands up at the moment? I believe that God's got real, some serious business to do with us this morning. Whatever we're carrying, whatever we're bringing right now, He wants us to come into His presence in a way that will bring healing and wholeness. And there'll be battle in your mind about this. This defies all logic. I don't even believe in this stuff, Bruce, whatever. Can I just invite you to just let go and let God this morning? Let's sit in His presence right now. I'm sure that we've got people that are praying for people. If, if you still haven't got someone coming to pray with you, you can put your hand even higher so we can just make sure that we've got people doing that. I invite the um, worship team to just lead us and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to pray with you even further as God might speak to us this morning. But can we use this as a time of surrender where we just stand right in the Spirit of God for this time right now as God would make way in our lives. Thanks again for listening to the New Life Podcast. If that stirred something within you or you'd like prayer, you can head to church.nu forward slash prayer or contact us through our Instagram or Facebook page. We pray that you have a great week. Be blessed.